Yeah, hello. My name is David Turner and this is the Lunar Poetry Podcast and this month I'm in New Cross in South East London and I'm joined by this very little fucker, <laughs> Big Winter. Um, as always, we're going to start with my guest giving us a short introduction into her work and her life. Um, I'm Liv Winter, I live in New Cross in SE and I study, I'm in my third year at Goldsmiths doing fine art. Um, I write uh, poetry as a as my art, art form, as my practice. And I guess I'm like interested a lot in in hip hop, I, I guess more than maybe poetry, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I write, I write as an art practice. You, against you, <laughs> you can stay, it's right. Yeah, I, um, I write as an art practice, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so I was gonna start with, um, I find myself a lot now starting with like, disclaimers that I know these but it's obvious I know people don't that's where you've been anyway. but so uh, Liv and I have known each other for a little bit from poetry and like performance art nights and we met a few weeks ago to discuss the possibility of recording the podcast together so um during during the chat we might refer back to a few things we've discussed before so mm-hmm. the, the majority of what we, I hope we're going to talk about today will be for the first time um I only mention it because we try and keep things as spontaneous as possible but uh you know i am reading from a script <laughs> as i say we're keeping things spontaneous oh, yeah. it's printed out in front of me uh, but and I, I i haven't asked Liv to uh, prepare for this other than the, the chat that we had before but now that's out of the way i just have a question uh i suppose <laughs> where do you feel like do, where do you feel if at all do you, do you fit into the poetry scene in london um, I think it's it's quite. Uh, I think I personally, as an artist, find it quite hard to locate myself um, with a definition because I guess definitions are made of like, you know, words words have definitions and definitions are made up of like rules. So I find it really hard to call myself spoken word artist or a poet because there's things to do with those words that maybe I'm not so into. Um, I kind of like. Uh, for for example, sometimes spoken word nights I find can be such an uncritical space or um, a space where like I mean it's great that anyone can get up. Oh, I feel like I'm digging myself a hole already, and I've been talking for about two minutes. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd call myself a spoken word artist. I feel like it's got a lot of like um, theateriness to it um, that maybe I'm not into. But also like you know, there's class issues with like now with spoken word poetry different from like when it started and it was like you know beat poetry and stuff like that it's kind of a lot of people I know that have spoken word poets now are I don't know middle class drama students <laughs> okay that's interesting because of course I mean you, that's obviously based on the people that you've met and the, mm. the scene is huge and the you scene know, is and, massive and I assume you know more about the scene in London than anywhere else in the country as yeah. well um, and I'm not sort of, I'm not actually questioning your opinion I'm just sort of uh, trying to put it in as the kind of setting, but do you, do you find your problems with being defined as a spoken word artist? Do you feel like that exists in your own? Are you putting that pressure on yourself, or do you find other people are putting that on you? I think that probably every day someone will ask me what I do, and yeah. I every time have to be like, well, I'm an artist, but I guess you could call me a poet, or like I do this and I do that, um, and I guess I have to argue quite a lot to defend why what I do is art and not and not just like not just but 
poetry or something yeah. like it's it's art it's an art form like yeah. um and why it deserves for example a lot of my shows are in exhibitions and yeah. galleries as opposed to you well, know, poetry we stands. first met didn't we at a performance art night down in Canada yeah it was one yeah. by Julius Massey and and I th- your your stuff fit fit it really well I thought in that scene and it we um uh, Paul McMenamin the editor of Limit Poetry we were down there together and we both agreed that it would be really interesting to see you then in a, a proper mm. formal poetry yeah scene. and, and your night was my first that was my yeah, first poetry yeah. night <laughs> um which I said to you you know we spotted you first so yeah, so <laughs> when you, when you uh, when, what do they say when you blow up is that what you say yeah you blow yeah, up? yeah when I blow up, blow up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely yeah don't forget us but um See, I don't. I personally didn't see any difference between how you fitted in at the arts night in Camberwell or our night in Waterloo. But did mm. you feel like there was? Did you feel like there were any barriers particularly between the two, or any differences? Yeah, I mean, maybe like I felt. I felt. Um, I I like I like a rowdier night. I'd yeah. rather be in the pub than in the in the poetry slam. Um, I think that people people at that art night, like they were shouting and cheering mm. and people were like really into it. Yeah. It was more like uh, reactive. Well, Paul and I discussed actually that night on how we don't know many poets that would have been able to get up on that stage in front of that audience because it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty lively, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the rowdy as fuck, yeah. But it was good, it was good. Yeah. But actually, I just want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about how you, you said that you felt that poetry nights traditionally or the ones that you've experienced are not critical enough. They're mm. too maybe too welcoming. Would you, do you want to talk a bit more about that? Um, I feel like we, sh- I feel like just because someone, I try and compare it a lot to like what I'm doing as an artist. And if someone comes into a, a space like um, where everyone's showing work and someone shows something that is really shit, we will talk about it and we will talk politely about it yes. and work out what it is that this work is missing or why it's not achieving the things it's supposed to be achieving. Whereas I find in poetry, like, you're just going to get a clap and a pat on the back because you've got up. And as an artist, that's not really a very productive thing to experience because if no one's going to have a conversation about how you can improve, then um, you're relying on yourself to be your own critic. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes mm. you miss the massive things that you're not getting across. Like, yeah. um, And, like, maybe, maybe a poetry night isn't the space for that, but I feel like if you've got a bunch of poets in the room, why aren't you talking about poetry, I guess, maybe? Or, like, talking about what you've been watching, you know? It's, um, it never fails to amaze me how little poets talk about poetry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. In a critical sense, you know? Um, I, th- I think, because I come from an arts background myself, and I, com- I actually agree with you on these points uh, pretty much wholeheartedly. Mm. One thing I would say, I think artists are a bit quick to forget the, how they felt the first time they were critiqued and how awful it is and you get used to that when you go to art school you get used to the critiques and you yeah. realise that it's not an attack it's not a personal attack it's just someone's opinion and really actually they're doing it to help you know mm. and because that system doesn't exist in poetry I think it's just at the moment it's just terrifying for poets because you know quite often they're they're tr- bleeding their hearts out you know mm. and it's not always done in a particularly interesting way yeah but it's a difficult and emotive subject, isn't it, for a lot of people, you know, to suddenly... And a lot of them don't want criticism, you know? No, but I do. Course. I mean, I think... I don't know how you feel about this. I've often felt that it would be good to have a defined open mic scene where there is no criticism. You, yeah. you are allowed... You know, like with classical music, you have 
recitals which are often early in the morning yeah and there's an acceptance that there will be mistakes because people are practicing a, a certain piece of music in mm. order to then go on to the concert you don't pay as much to get in and there's an acceptance that it might be a, a lower standard of performance mm. and then you go on to have a you know the higher standard where it's you're completely free to then have as harsh an opinion as you want and i think yeah. maybe that i don't know something that like that you know because you can't start going to open mic Right, some people. No, but I mean, like, I never, <laughs> I never would. But like, I guess I'm thinking, like, in relation to experiences where I've performed recently, where people do shout at you, or yeah. like, you know, there is that intense involvement with the crowd. Like, you'll know straight away whether something you've said worked or not. Yeah. You know, like you'll get it from the crowd. But I guess like sometimes, uh, even at, at a poetry night, because we're all being really, res- really respectful, which I guess is probably good. But you can't even tell really from the there's tension in the room or like the sound of people no, like absolutely yeah, like yeah, i've yeah. done lots of performances where i've done a poem which i know is quite funny but maybe i've gone on too early in the night and yeah. people haven't laughed yet because they're not drunk and i'm talking about dicks or something people don't like it you know like <laughs> and people won't laugh because it's too much of a like precious kind of space yeah. instead of a space where we can like because i get i get it i get the like catharticism of like getting up and pouring your heart out but to do that, I don't know, every week, like, without ever being told anything about it, seems... Like, I don't understand how that is, like, a productive thing, especially if you want to be, like, a poet. Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually, like, through a discussion about these uh, subjects that the podcast started. Mm. It was because of this lack of discussion. And it isn't actually... I think what people miss the point of is not... When you say critique, that doesn't mean criticism in... Uh, like if you're studying art, uh, having a critique of your work doesn't mean you're going to be criticised. Mm. It just means other, other ideas are going to be su- suggested to you. Yeah. And that's the thing where we're not, su- I don't think any of us, um, I say us as in doing the poetry and the discussions that we have, none of us are suggesting that we should heavily criticise poets. No, and there should be yeah. more of a discussion, you, you yeah. should be more able to approach people and, and give yeah. an opinion. And, and like it does sometimes, if you do try and do it, it fucks up. I tried to speak to that dude at your thing and it just. I was not appropriate for me to do it at all. Yeah. <coughs> but like, that's what I mean. Like, I think you get not, really yeah. used to being patted on the back. You yeah. get really used to it the moment you start doing poetry. Yeah. You get really used to people being like, well done. Yeah, yeah. Like, not even, it was good. Like, well done, yeah, which yeah, is really yeah. different. Yeah. And I kind of quite quickly, like, I don't know, I come from like a performing background. I used to be in bands and stuff. I'm used to being on stage. I'm used to being shit. I'm yeah, used to being yeah, bad yeah, and yeah. having flopped sessions. Yeah, like, yeah. um, so I kind of really quickly got quite distrustful of this like pat on the back, but then in an art space, people will give me critique. People I've never met will come up to me and be like, love that first poem, didn't like the next one, didn't think that went down so well. Like people will do that and I, I will grow from that. But you're right. I mean, I guess I've got pretty thick skin and I don't mind when people tell me they don't like stuff or that they think things should change. Yeah. And maybe that's because of growing up in like critical space or something. Yeah, but also it can just be personality, can't it? Some yeah. people are more uh, are better placed to uh, to take shit from people, you know, mm. whereas some people are just much more fragile. Yeah. Know? And um, it, um, I've got a question here, and I've just suddenly realised it doesn't really. I don't know if it makes any sense to me. What am I trying to ask? Is there a, a Britain? Is there any? Is there a difference between not having a place and not? Yeah, I know what I mean. Is there a difference <laughs> between not having a place and not being welcomed? You know what I mean? Like you could. Do you feel that your yeah, that's what I'm trying to ask. Do you feel that your style is just too different at the moment to a lot of nights, or do you physically has anyone made you feel unwelcome because of what you do? 
Um, no, I think that the problem lies in that me, politically as an artist, um, deciding where my work's going to go. Like, being invited, for example, to do decent poetry nights at the Amersham Arms. Yeah. I won't go to the Amersham Arms because the bouncers are homophobic. Right. I won't perform there. Like, there's various places mm. and venues that I'm, like, all artists, people, that I'm like, no, I won't work with that person. I won't work in that space. Um to make a point, like, you know, I sh- I, they're my words, I have to stand by them, I have to stand by where I say them. Yeah. There's no point going and doing a feminist piece of poetry in the Amsterdam Arms where they hit girls in the face before, like, yeah, yeah. what's the fucking point? Yeah. Um, so in that way, I guess I'm pushing myself slightly away from the circuit, but there's also, like, tropes of, like, poetry, like, talking about, po- talking with poets, like, a lot of my friends are like, you know, they'll describe the nights as like spiritual and stuff, which is fine, but it's not me. And I don't really prescribe to that, like, um, that sense that like us as all poets should all just be like totally carefree, cool guys. Like, I don't know, like, I don't really know what that's doing. Um, it seems a bit blase (laughs) to like take that standpoint. Um, I've never been made to feel unwelcome anywhere. I've been made to feel a bit like a token, like the Larry working class chick quite a few times. Yeah. And I've definitely been asked to do shows where it's been like, and art shows where it's been like, oh, we're trying to represent like people that are misrepresented. We'll get living because like, you know, she's obviously very working class, and we can yeah, put well, her in that's there. the thing, isn't it? You, you've got a <coughs> very definite look, yeah, you know, and you, you know, your background and stuff, and the way you sound and the way you talk. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how I would deal with it because I'm not very likely. To have anyone pay any attention to me mm. so I don't know how I deal with like being pigeonholed in that sense but yeah it's a difficult thing between make using things to your advantage aren't there mm. and being put in a box you know because no you know, it's, it's about self-awareness it's about talking about it like because you know people for the same reason are like you know I'm a female poet who looks the way I do like covered in tattoos like making quite like obviously feminist poetry like that's a massive box in itself Mm. like you know and it would it's really easy for people to like sweep me could just sweep me under the rug with that like you know just like larry feminist stuff but then there's something in i think in the poetry that stops people from doing that that maybe comes from like my reference points being different things um but yeah it's really easy to get pigeonholed but if you if you embrace it i've got this thing coming up with vice and i know that they've just asked me to do it because they just want to like I don't know, point point at me a bit. But, like, I know that, so I'll probably write a shitty poem about them and then they'll have to film it and put it out and it'll be really funny. Like, I think sometimes you've got to take that attitude with it as well because every platform's a platform at the end of the day and it's it's, it's what you make of it, I guess. Well, you're only going to be pigeonholed if you allow yourself to be anything, aren't you? uh... That's why I think I'm reluctant to, like, call myself certain things. And do you you find that's why you feel... Is that another reason you feel more at home in the art scene? Um... I feel like I can defend myself better in the art scene because I know I know the things that I care about and I know what my work's about and I know the works that I'm interested in like in art space and and I know like where I stand politically um but maybe with poetry I find it harder to like work out what other people are about as well maybe sometimes like with I don't know I don't know I don't know it's it's definitely a question that (laughs) I can't answer yet (laughs) That's probably <coughs> been over that enough. Anyway, um, maybe we should uh, have a poem from you. Okay, cool. Well, that's funny. I'll do this one. Fucking artists. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
Congratulations, because you've successfully fucked an artist, and well done you, you managed to find the working class chick, I think that means in some way this pussy actually left you more authentic, I think it means that when we was going at it quite relentless, yeah, I was supposed to be thinking about politics or censorship, I was supposed to be thinking about my personal subjectiveness, but I was quite distracted trying to remember whose fucking bed this is, <laughs> congratulations, mate. Because you just fucked a poet. And your contribution to the arts, yeah, is almost heroic. You know, by going down on me, you could be going down in history as someone Liv Winter once cussed out on an EP, you know. You're not really smart enough to actually objectify me, but you are arrogant enough to think that you're inspiring me, which, quite frankly, I find tiring, G. You have to realise... You don't even exist in this poetry. You are only represented in the generous flows from me. Now, do you trust me? Am I a reliable narrator? Or am I just a bitter ex-hater, debater, dictator, or an active infiltrator into your fucked up behaviour? Congratulations. You fucked a curator, painter, political campaigner. Nah, break it down. We was just fucking strangers. Congratulations, though. Because you've managed to fuck a creative. And you've managed to impress the boys you're with by going on home with the Larry chick. What though? You think you tamed this scary bitch? Please, stop taking all the fucking credit. Yeah, I said it. Because the people that think I owe these words to them, they got it twisted. These are my words that I wrote, that I fucking listed. It would be a push to say in any way you even vaguely assisted. So don't take my eloquence and use it in your own defence. All you did was get me incensed at your own expense. Which is incredibly fucking easy to do, by the way. Pissed off and rude. Yeah, that's how I spend the majority of my day. These witty one-liners, boo, they're going to happen with or without you. So maybe don't look into my poems for any clues or resonance of you. Well done, though. Because you just fucked a rapper and you've unlocked your special move, yeah, and it's this, the slow clapper. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much. <coughs> Sorry, I've got flu. I thought yeah, I should explain. Flu. I'm yeah. flu right We've now. have got the flu. Everyone's got um, shit dripping out of their face. It's gross, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at least I haven't got any jewellery catching mine. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that poem. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think Cheers. that's probably the first one. You did actually at the night in Camberwell. Yeah, I think it yeah, might be. And it was brilliant because it was in front of a room full of yeah. artists. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, yeah. Yeah. of course that's not us. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was just trying to work out like what we've already talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll move on. And actually, from that, we'll move on and talk about the uh, subject matter of your poems. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like you said, your work comes from a very strong feminist root, um, often dealing with issues around body image and sexual and physical abuse, subjects that you've had personal experience of, and you've obviously got close friends that have been through the same things yeah. that you write about. Um, I just want to ask you about how you, and also you mentioned about like not wanting to play certain venues because of homophobic stance, uh, staff and stuff. How do you uh, reconcile that stance with your obvious influences from hip-hop which most people would accept as being mainly there's a view that it's mainly misogynistic or homophobic yeah it can't be a lot you know i mean um i've been into hip-hop for a long time and i've been a hip-hop head forever like um there are massive problems in hip-hop that is very obvious mm. i will also say i don't think that like standard white art school feminism is doing fuck all for people getting shot in the street in america like 16 times by police officers i think that you can be i i i couldn't necessarily ignore the fact that a lot of the stuff i listen to is very anti-women but a lot of 
but like racism is a massive issue yeah. like i think is what yeah, i'm trying yeah, to get yeah. at and like the the implications as well like like feminism as well is like about trying to avoid like these binary issues and like the pressures of being like a black man are fucking insane like the pressures of getting out of the ghetto or like living a certain lifestyle getting money through a like white supremacist like society which tells you like violence and <clears throat> abusing women is what's going to get you away from this like horrible place like that's unavoidable and hip-hop is a product of that and like I, I kind of think that that's really important like that these people have these voices and things will catch up like bell hooks talks about it really well because she's like you can't just hate like the black man for making this music when you've told him it's his way to get out of like a yeah. to get out of of a violent space and then be pissed off like when that happens so that i i can't deny that hip-hop is like can be fundamentally anti-women but then also like it's changing now scenes are getting bigger and changing and there's big gay hip-hop scenes now there's female rappers now that are doing really well i mean there's still only ever supposed to be like one female rapper which obviously is Nicki minaj at the moment but like <laughs> The, you know we're still obviously is all she made the one? to oh, she's the one right, yeah <laughs> she's the one at the moment um but i mean hip-hop's fucking amazing yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day um do you think that question comes more from a lack of understanding of both hip-hop and feminism what hip-hop is now and what feminism is now because people have, i would assume that people have got quite uh outdated view of both Mm. Um, I think it comes from a place of people thinking that to enjoy something means you're not critical of it. Mm. You know, I love hip hop. Doesn't mean I don't think parts of it are bullshit. Doesn't mean I like, you know, one of one of my favourite songs that I get up and dance around to in the morning is A Bitch Is A Bitch by NWA. It's just this dumb ass <laughs> song where it's just them just slagging off women, but they're saying stupid things like, she talk about you behind your back and tell your friends she's fat. And it's like, it's hilarious. It's so ridiculous in its, in its like hatred, but... I'm I can understand that it's fucked. Like I can I can grasp that. So it's like I love grime music. Grime mm. music is like my my obsession. And people want to give me so much of a hard time for it, but just it's coming from a different place. Like maybe maybe like you know I go to uh, my school is full of middle class people who would look down on grime because they just see it as like a violent nasty thing. But like that comes from institutionalized racism and classism. Like. And if you can't, if, you know, it's really easy to just dismiss it all as a thing. And that's mm. kind of a bit stupid. <laughs> but we, we also spoke recently about, or you mentioned um, that you probably don't hold this, the feminist views that people would assume you hold. And that you have, uh, have found, you've argued with tutors in the past about the stance you take over mm. your feminist views. Who's got... Can you talk about that for a bit uh, yeah for example so like the don't like did don't flop recently the rap battle thing um, which I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. later but like one of the verses in that the first verse um, is all about me having sex with a girl and like there are certain people that would say that's anti-women but I would say it's not because I haven't described any I haven't I haven't done anything without someone's permission. I've spoken respectfully about having sex with a girl, which is something I've done. And <laughs> it's not anti-women to be vocal about stuff. Like some, you know, like some people still don't want women to talk openly about having sex or like wanting to have a one night stand and not giving a shit. And mm -hmm. like, as long as everyone's happy in that situation, like sexually, then I don't really think there's a problem with that. I think as well, like um, people do sometimes, I used to always say like, 
I write rap. I wouldn't really say that anymore because of the implications of like what rap is and like I got a lot of friends who are rappers who are like, you fucking don't. <laughs> like, and that's fine, I respect that. But I used to say it and people had a real problem with me saying it because they were like, well, like we like we said, rap's anti women. So mm. but like I also think that there's no correct way to be a feminist. I would never say to someone like I don't think you're a feminist because you don't follow what I think is a, a, like a feminist stance. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's as a word it, it's so loaded, but it's also so important that everyone who feels they can use it just uses it because there's no correct way to be to be it or to associate with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. And um, just to come back to the hip hop thing again, not really about the, uh, the subject matter, but more. In, have you found um, wh- what do you think the response has been to your poetry so overtly referencing hip hop have you found it been positive or negative um, it's funny because it can separate a crowd sometimes like some of my early stuff that I don't really do anymore I used to not write poetry really it just used to be like uh, more monologue stuff yeah. when I was doing that that had a lot of like actual like bits where I'd say like I'm listening to my headphones and like I'd wrap other people's lines and stuff and um it could really split a crowd because some people would get it and be like what like and that would have a little moment but a lot of people wouldn't get it I I don't know like I think that I think that people also understand the importance like a lot of my work is about taking up spaces where you're not really supposed to be and I think using this style is part of that you know it's not really a style that was ever intended for me to use um as a woman so it's quite fun to then own it like that's why I like I get really into it even though I don't think (laughs) Nicki Minaj is that good I think she's a badass because she just writes all her own shit and is like making millions off it and she's taking up a space that people don't really want her to take up because we're really used to like like even like generally speaking like poetry or painting or something they're very like male dominated spaces like I think it's important to go and be like well fuck you I'm here (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, it'd be a bit cheeky here because uh, we talked about this before, and you know, it's not going to be my opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway. But, um, so, what about uh, people who say, Well, rap isn't poetry, so what the fuck are you doing? I say, That's fucking <laughs> stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Is my response. I say, Open your fucking eyes a little bit. No, I mean, I get it, like. I, I like when I was I, I went away ran away to Devon recently because I was like sick of the city and my friend was staying in Devon so I ran away and he's a rapper and um, he he was to, we were talking about um, open mic nights poetry nights and he's like yeah I bet I could get up and, I, and I'd like drop some bars and I'd look the way I do and everyone would fucking go crazy and I was like yeah maybe you're right maybe you should do it and he's like yeah and then he started rapping and I was like oh I don't know because like it's quite misogynistic. You are talking about beating people. Oh, I don't know. Like, but the the fuck like the standard of if you get get rid of the context, the standard of what he was writing, his wordplay, like his ability to like actually write something sick was incredible. Like, I think people could learn. Like, I I did like a poetry workshop thing with this other guy who writes, and we were like just everyone did like a reading. We kind of wrote stuff together, um, and people were like picking up on like, I don't know, rhyming patterns and some of the stuff I was writing, they're like, where did you hear that? And I'm like, in grime, like, you know, like they use patterns that Mm. have come really like, they've they've generated these rhyming patterns that haven't spread anywhere because no one wants to really listen to it. So like, 
that should like people should steal that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. But I mean, I don't Does it like rap poetry. Listening to young people's music though. Huh? Does it involve listening? Yeah, to I don't know that you would get down. <laughs> but I get what you mean. The other thing we were talking about that yeah. I've been going crazy about is like. Uh, my stuff written down doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Any sense because of all the hanging on a note or like, you know, pauses. Yeah, because that's pauses. what we were talking about, wasn't yeah. it? Actually, when we got round to like actually having a proper discussion about it, was that thing that, you know, if your, um, if your rhymes are uh, relying on you extending a syllable yeah. or, or counting a double beat in the middle yeah. of the sentence, how does that look on paper? Yeah, but then, then I that, just but the, but that doesn't actually mean that you can't have poetry that only exists no. in spoken word form because that's another discussion. Yeah, but yeah. It was just a, a way of looking at it rather than it being an attack on rapping. It wasn't yeah. what I meant. It wasn't that because, um, you know, I I have listened to rap songs. Uh, have I, you? Yeah, have you really? Them, Where yeah. did you find them? <laughs> <laughs> they um, uh, uh, my my friend's older brother made me listen to them. I didn't really? listen to them. Did yeah. you hear it? Yeah, he made me listen to N.W.A. Oh. <laughs> uh, no no um it, no it's just it, it's a it, i find it's a hard conversation to have sometimes with people that do reference uh rap a lot <laughs> is that outside is there a chicken next door a real chicken Sorry, I just got really upset. There's a chicken in the garden next door. We're in South East London, there's a chicken next door. You heard that. What was I saying? That's a fucking chicken. (laughs) I was talking about NWA and there was a chicken clucking at me. No, what I was going to say was um, it's hard to have this discussion with people that reference rap a lot because they, I think, feel like they're being attacked by poets for not Mm. being good enough. And I don't think really that's the point. I think that happens a lot. It's the class connection. It's the class connection. Rap rap has come from a working class thing. And so did poetry. But poetry's migrating now and it's doing its middle class bougie shit, which is fine. I should probably stop being so dismissive of it. (laughs) But, you know, poets can kind of like, like, I don't know, someone like Sol Williams, who's like an amazing poet, but is also a rapper... And he kind of navigates his space really well between the two. And, like, you know, hip-hop heads and rappers, like, Naz is, like, Saul Williams is the guy. And then there's also, like, poets, like Kate Tempest, who's, like, Saul Williams is the guy. He navigates in that space really well. But he kind of also was there when poetry was changing and forming. So he had a really good way in. Mm-hmm. And he went and did, like, rap at poetry nights, you know? And, like, they went crazy about it. But, like, yeah, like, I guess now because... Also, you do have a split. Like, I go to... I maybe don't go to as many poetry nights as I would go to a hip-hop cypher. Yeah. And watch that. Or, like, battle rap or something, because that's much more my style. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I guess... I guess, like, the, the class aspects of it, it's quite easy for, like, a bougie middle-class poet to be like, well, it's just rap. And, like, a rapper to be like, well, fuck you, it's just poems. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, it, I think, yeah, what I find odd is that there is a divide. Because mm. we are all just saying words out of our mouth. It's just words, isn't it, at the end yeah. of the day? I mean, a, a division does come when things are on paper because you're looking at them in a slightly different way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there can't be an overlap between the two either. Um, actually, we're going to move on and, and talk about uh, sort of image. Mm-hmm. Sort of a long, um, but before we start that, maybe we should have the second poem. Yeah. Okay, <coughs> bear with me. If it sounds whack. Okay, this is called Outward. 
Normally, I um, I combat it by shopping. I eBay at 4am those things that make me whole again, you know, it's posters mainly of um, Nikki or Kim. But for hours I just sit, scroll, skim, cause fuck what I spend, I got this image to mend. Hair to extend, I got some budgets to try and bend and it's, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> or not. This ability to be impulsive on things like, um, like clothing, but I can't decide what to eat for like three days. So, so I don't. And, and instead, I'm, I'm empty in my fridge again, gone off food next to an empty bottle of gin, and yes, I'm aware of the cliche, but I think I'm comfortable in them, inside that cliche. School, work, play, that's me, that's a cliche. And on the way, <laughs> I'll get maybe a, a gingerbread latte. It's my favourite coffee, by the way, and I hold it tightly in my hands, but in my head I start to pray, like, please, please let this thing taste the same. Let it live up to its name. Let it not feel the shame of when I bring it to my lips, only to put it down again. Let no one who's close to me realise this game of pretending to drink or eat. Because these are things that my, my body needs, and it's, it's not exactly stress, you see. It's kind of more boring than that. It's damp, it's flat, it's... It's not exactly stress, you see. I don't know. Um, frustration, maybe. Because no one's fucking texting back to me. And yes, I'm aware that I'm the one who's acting erratically. I'm needy. I want time, attention. I'm greedy. Touch, body heat, physicality, feed me. I'm craving something explicit. Yeah, I want it explicitly. Not you. Not that. Please, just come and stand next to me. Laugh. What? Am I not being funny? I said laugh. What used to me being funny? Well, once more before you, I am betrayed by this body. Because I'm always taking up too much space. And I really want to be small. Delicate. Elegant. I want to move with grace. I want to elevate. I want to transcend from this negative space. I want to be real and fake. I want to be intelligent, but I'm talking in fucking cliches again. And, and I know I sound stressed, but I'm not stressed. And it, it feels like, it feels like when, when you stay up all night from the glare of the Mac light or your TV's been on for hours, I don't really remember why. I'm aware of this air around me inward, outward as I sign in that year. I am aware of this consistent nothing by my side, but I'm missing what, you know? Interchangeable girl. Guy, tick another box off on a binary life, guy. Stimulating conversation, maybe, or at best an emotional high, but shouldn't I see something reflect? When you look back into my eyes, man, you look bored. And you look tired. And maybe the artist in me feels that like I should leave you just a little bit inspired. You know what, are you tired? Because you know, you don't really say much. And you just let me stumble around these words whenever I'm drunk, but I'm trying real hard to learn to outward this inward funk, you know, outward. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to fucking carry it around with you. What, because it's a feeling? So it's something supposed to be out of my grasp? Best shit I want to ask, but I can't for this fear of overstepping some kind of mark outward. Only I fuck mine up. Because mine's become a projection, and I know it's my defection. It's too much affection with injections of aggression, disconnection, rejection. They are the natural selections. I'm just lost, and I'm sorry with no sense of direction, making massive mistakes in my signal detection, constant second-guessing. Conversation with friends is just time for dissection, hoping someone will make some kind of generous interjection before I say something fucking stupid to bring up and mention. And, and I know I sound stressed. <laughs> Maybe I'm stressed. <laughs> but... 
but in learning to be outward, I, I just became overexposed. My body doesn't hold any meaning now, and I've gone on fucking heto, and as, and as the light continues to shine, I continue to absorb that glow, but it leaves me distorted, translucent. I've got this shit stagnant flow. I'm tripping over my syllables now. I can't seem to get these words out. I'm tripping over words like, oh, go, flow, what? Haven't I got any good poems to show? Where is my sense of development, though? I'm lost in this vocabulary. You leave me nowhere to go. And these dictionary definitions, they're just leaving me unsatisfied with all of these adjectives I keep clawing at when I'm trying to find the tip of my tongue is sharp, deformed, and unkind. And how will it ever say anything delicate when I've put a fucking metal bar through it? It's like these words, you know, these words, they're not heavy, they're just weighted and they fall flat to the floor before they get to you, which leaves me here still, unstated. Thank you very much. <laughs> <coughs> that was must have been very different from what you've got printed out. Wasn't yeah, yeah. I've got the poem printed out because it's always <coughs> awkward when when uh, you don't realise the poem's finished. But, um, but, but I also have it to, to re reference back to. But yeah, it's quite a different version. Oh. Actually, going back to um, when this idea of when you you drink the gingerbread latte and you pray that it's going to be the same as it was before, and this idea that you know, fuck yeah, you look in and you've got the Starbucks cup or whatever, and you and you're hoping you haven't just bought the cup, mm. you know, and it isn't just an image. Do you think we're all worried in some way that um, artists that we love are only an image? You know, and then you, is there, do you think there's a fear that we're suddenly going to discover that there's nothing behind them? And if there was to be nothing behind them, is that a problem? I mean, I'm obsessed with pop culture. Like, I spend a vast majority of my time watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and I've got posters of Kim Kardashian all over my room in my studio. Like, my dad asked me about Kim Kardashian the other day, so she has gone like. Oh, mystery. dude, she's huge. You know, <laughs> that's my chick. But like, she's she's amazing, and like, it would be very easy to argue that she's vapid or like there's nothing there. Um, but obviously that's impossible, I think, personally, to be a human and be entirely vapid. And also, I'm not going to go on a Kim rant, but she's basically a genius. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, for example, when I was writing my dissertation, uh, I keep talking about Sol Williams, but I love him. Uh, but I got this book by him that he'd written, and he, um, I read the little bit at the beginning where he's talking about himself. And he just came across, like, such a dick, and I was so upset that this dude that I loved just sounded like the most arrogant man in the world, especially when his like poetry is so like real, you know, and then he just sounded like just yeah, so arrogant. Yeah. Like he had a whole page where he just drops everyone's famous name that he's ever like met, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like, this is shit. Mm. Um, there's a pressure to live up, there, but there's maybe there's a pressure to live up to your image, but also you put your image on 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 purpose, right? Like you know, there's a reason that I perform in fake Chanel head to toe every yeah. day. Like you know, it's part of the kind of uh, it's part of the performance for me um, and I would argue with most people it is and like I don't know is, is aren't we all performing like, I hate to get a arty on it but like we're all performing all the well, time well no, actually this brings us nicely on to the next question actually was um, or the next topic if you could talk about your previous body of work as a performance artist and your alter ego okay <laughs> you're out in me right now <laughs> um, okay so before I used to make art I used, to, I used to make art. <laughs> um, before, until, you, until you learned Until art. I learned yeah, how yeah, to yeah. not, yeah. Um, I made art that was about wanting to be a rapper. It's really funny, like, now when I look back at it, I'm just a series of, like, self-fulfilling prophecies. I, like, decided, hmm, I want to be famous. What can I do? Sex tape, rap, rap. Like, okay. Decided I wanted to be a rapper. Started making loads of fan art about myself. 
um, started making flyers for fake gigs um, and t-shirts, like everything, like crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, made loads and loads of CDs that were just blank that I like sold and made money off and they're just blank CDs and people would still message me and be like, love the EP and I'd be like, there's fucking nothing on it. <laughs> but like, it's just part of it. And I used to go to exhibitions with security guards and like turn up at like some next little exhibition somewhere which like all full of like people that obviously know me but obviously people that don't as well and like turn up with security and bottles of like fucking champagne like scout around the exhibition no one was allowed to talk to me then I'd go and like my space would be like a set up merch stand with all the like merchandise on and I'd have a PA no one was allowed to talk to me unless they asked my PA to have a like photo (laughs) but it just went a bit weird and like there's lots of people oh it then went weird yeah and then it got weird (laughs) but like that but yeah we do stuff like we just turn up like dressed up and try and get into places with security guards because my friend is a natural security guard like they let security guards in, but yeah. to people in the queue, it looked like I was getting in, yeah, yeah. even though it was my mate yeah. being like, yo, can we fucking yeah, yeah, bring yeah, this chicken yeah. in? Like, whatever. Um, but it was really funny, and uh, I think, like... And then, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a rapper. I told everyone, loads of people thought I was a rapper, and then my tutor was kind of like, why aren't you just being a rapper? Like, what, what is this, that you're just not actually just doing it? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, it's really important that I don't make music. And then I... And then summer happened, I worked full time, I was working like 60, 70 hours a week. I didn't have time to make any art, didn't have time to go to any exhibitions or be anywhere. Like that work was very much about being in places. Um, and then I started writing rap and now look at me. But like, it's funny, like in my first, in my first year of uni, Kate Tempest did an artist talk mm-hmm. and I asked and we did the questions and I asked her if she wanted to battle me because I knew she used to do battle mm-hmm. rap. And she was like, no. And like, I obviously didn't do anything at the time. Yeah. And like, I just did a battle rap the other day. And then in my second year, I was pretending to be a rapper. And then I just started like all these weird self-fulfilling like little prophecies. Yeah, it was a really yeah. bizarre way. <coughs> well, that brings us neatly on to talking about rap battles. Yeah, shall we? Since you're, since you're the art. So, um, uh, yeah, I keep calling them hip-hop arguments. <laughs> That's hilarious. A hip hop argument. Or (coughs) contraton, whichever you prefer. I like it. Um, Yeah, shall I explain what it is? Yeah, yeah, do that because I I, I think most people, because obviously um, it's quite prominent in the poetry scene because of Mark Grist Mm. um, and and Scroopius Pip as well. Although he doesn't battle, does he? But he's. He um, bigs them up a lot. Yeah, yeah, he bigs them up. Um, (laughs) No, but obviously. Count Monte Cristo, what his name is. He's, yeah. he's big on the scene, and his uh, videos on YouTube are massive, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got millions of views. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you, but but for those who don't know, maybe explain and then um, tell us what you did. So don't flop is uh, an organize an organization that put on events of battle rap, which is three rounds, one person against the other, trying to make the other person look like a cunt, basically, <laughs> for like X amount of time. Um, they blew up kind of along with Mark Grist. There was a battle with Mark Li- Mark Grist and Blizzard um, that went viral. And then actually, like, um, they've been working alongside King of the Dot, which is massive in Canada. Same same thing, battle rap. But now it's, it's fucking massive. And there's incredible battlers that are doing incredibly well. And standard, like, main channel videos are getting, like, 50 to 100,000 views, like, easily. Um, yeah, and but it's it's it's... Um, I used to love battle rap. I absolutely used to love it. I used to watch it every day religiously. I thought it was the best thing in the world. I love 
watching people make people look stupid. I think it's great. But kind of as time went on, you kind of realise there's only so many jokes about like homophobic, anti-women, rape, violent jokes that you can listen to before you're like, this is whack. Um, so yeah, I recently went and battled Pedro, who's who's big deal. I got respect for Pedro-ish. <laughs> no, I think he's all right. He's good. But like he, um, I, I got offered to battle him um, and I said yes straight away because his bars are really anti-women generally. Like, one of the things that I always find about battle, battling is I respect a battler more if they just have a go at the person in front of them, not their sister or their mum or their best friend standing behind them. Like, you in battle rap, you know, you're sat, you're putting yourself out there and going, come on, let's fucking go. Yeah. So have a go at me, like, not the person around. Whereas Pedro doesn't really ever attack the person in front of him. He kind of just attacks their miscellaneous others around them, which I think makes him a bit of a pussy in my eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to battle him. Uh, they let me because they thought I was going to go up. When I applied, I sent them some feminist poetry. Yeah. So they just thought I was just this Larry feminist with no sense of humour. Um, and they wanted to kind of sacrifice me to Pedro. But then I got there and I was pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. And my my favourite story about... Oh, sorry, my only story about rap. I've <laughs> um, seen Mark Grist at a, a comedy night and he explained about the first night he did it and he was trying to come up he didn't realise you needed a, a battling name mm. or like they asked you to come up with a battling name so he punned on his name and came up with the Count of Monte Cristo yeah. right? the, the guy misheard him in the noise and introduced him as the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> 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 that's jokes so for the whole night he was yeah, no, the, Count, the, Count, yeah. Yeah, the Count of Monte Cristo but um, no but it's quite inter- interesting that you, that you mentioned that because I know that um, I've seen tweets uh and video messages going between Scroobius Pip and Mark mm. Christ. And the reason Scroobius Pip wouldn't battle him or get involved was because of the inherent homophobia yeah. and misogyny. And he, he didn't yeah. feel like he... But it might be because you're a female that you are you feel better placed because you're not actually going in and being part of it. You're going in and trying to fight against it in a way, aren't you? Yeah, I Whereas mean... Scroobius Pip is going in as a man and just yeah. being part of the boys' club, isn't he? But, like, it would be easy for a male rapper to go in there and do something that shook it up, but they don't want to. And yeah. my mean, problem with battle rap yeah. is it's not catching up with the rest of the world. Like yeah. battle rap is still fucking using really dumb jokes and stupid shit. And like when I went there, the 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 experience of being there for the whole day was really draining, and it was really like a negative kind of experience. Like I don't want to slag off Don't Flop because I love it and I think it is great, but it needs to catch up and. Me being there with my friends who are like, you know, queer artists and stuff, they didn't know what the fuck to do with us. They were so shook about us just being there, which is retarded. I don't understand why they're really proud of creating a space that is really homophobic or scared of... And I genuinely think it's homophobic in that those people are scared of gay people. Like, they genuinely... It freaks them out. Mm. That's ridiculous. But me being there was, was a political gesture of like, I went there and I stood there and I was like... I like my, my first verse, I'm like, I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to call me gay. You're going to tell me I'm fat. You're going to say all this stuff about me. And that's exactly what he did. And there's even a part in like his second bar or something. Or he's trying to do it. And he's like, you've already said that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, because I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, I know what I look obvious, like. Yeah. And you are blatant as anything. And my bars were just all about being like how it's it's not insulting to call me gay i'm not insulted so every time he said it it then didn't really work because it was like well i've already told you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not offensive 
and like just dissecting the fact that like he's got a big reputation because he's a freestyler but what's the fucking point of freestyling if what you're saying is shit <laughs> go home and write something <laughs> basically I couldn't agree with <laughs> <laughs> very much. and actually it annoyed me that uh, Scribius Pip had um, taken the, the stance to not get involved because mm. I think it would have really highlighted the fact that if him and Mark, him and Mark Christ had gotten up and done a, a full battle mm. with no homophobic references mm. and what I would assume would be very clever, yeah. very well thought out rhymes and quite insulting towards each other without all that shit. Yeah. It would have proved the point that you could move all of this on. And so it's a shame. Well, but, just... but what he was worried about, he said was because he's obviously quite famous, um, his, uh, his persona or whatever will ultimately advertise the, the art form or whatever and he doesn't want to do that. Mm. Uh, I, I think as well, like, it, it's... If you like, I I like to set myself self, set myself stuff that I know is hard, and like for that, like I could quite easily write a verse that was just really nasty about someone's girlfriend. I know how to speak in that language. I've been surrounded with it by it forever, but like setting myself the rules of being like, right, you've got to write like nine minutes of stuff, which isn't doesn't make a single reference about him being gay. It doesn't make a single reference about him having a small dick or about his body. It doesn't make any references about. Uh, people that aren't here it's like not sexist it like setting yourself those tasks makes writing it a much more rewarding process well, it's, because yeah, it's difficult it's, yeah, you it's know? the same as, um, as an artist setting yourself rules um, yeah. coming up with manifestos and actually lim- limiting yourself quite often mm. allows you to be more creative or forces you to be more mm. creative doesn't it and um, I think it's yeah, like you said it's a much more rewarding yeah. thing um, we go on to the last couple of questions now uh what um, has influenced you most uh, as a, a performer or writer? Uh, working on a bar. Yeah. Uh, I work for a company called Underbelly, and they're amazing, and they totally put up with all my Larry Feminist shit, which is amazing. Like, I've worked, I've worked on bars forever. That's yeah. always been what I've done. Um, and um, majoritively, like, I write about working on bars as well, um, both in, like, poetry but generally I do a lot of writing about working on bars um, and they're really volatile spaces because um, as a barmaid you're kind of initially taught that like you know you get the same spiel as like the customers always write and you know smile sweetly at the people that are pissing you off and it's kind of quite an anti like a standard like country pub is pretty nasty space it's normally full of 50 somethings that are yeah, like yeah. homophobic and anti-women and that's that and like when I moved to London and I got this job with Underbelly like the way they run run their team and like um, the way they support people is amazing. I had beefs where like I remember in my first couple of weeks, someone like reached over a bar to grab my boobs, and I just was like, "What the fuck?" And like went to punch this dude in the yeah, face, yeah. and then he'd gone, and I like ran out, and I was obviously really upset. And they were just like, "What a fucking prick!" Like, let's go find him. Like, but like not to beat him up, to kick him out. But like, river. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> it's interesting now because I got promoted recently uh, working for them. And so uh, I still obviously work on the bar, but I also like look after other people that are working on the bar. And it's amazing the shit that people think they can say to you, like because as if because because people think they're entitled to the service of being it's served at a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've had people say all kinds of shit. You got your clip pierced? Like, let me see. Like every other day, you know, like that's just standard like go to lines. And I'll be like, okay, fuck you, you're not getting served. But there's thousands of people that work on bars that would never say that and wouldn't yeah. react that way and it is actually really distressing to have people talk to you like that and if I'm lucky enough to be next to someone when I can hear someone talking to them in a way that is really inappropriate I will always step in but 
lots of like people don't feel safe to do that and like our company puts on a lot of like burlesque and cabaret and as a result of that we have a really liberal like work team i was gonna say i'd be surprised that it happens so much there because you yeah. do get the impression from i haven't actually been there a little bit, i know what they put on there and it seems like quite mm. you know getting having something to say about your appearance when going into that venue yeah it just seems well like exactly the kind but of shows they put on. it's the it's it's because it's in south bank which is yeah, such yeah, a city got, boy yeah, yeah, place yeah. and like the people that go into the venues yes are probably very nice but the drinking areas outside yeah, yeah, sure. it's just city boys that are yeah. going to pay six pounds a pint like yeah, yeah. and they are the most entitled people in the world and they are used to talking to women like shit and yeah. like people nodding politely at them um but yeah i think that's probably my biggest inspiration because it's working in a bar teaches you to pick your battles there's some shit that i don't pick up i'm not going to be like please don't call me love like because i don't really give a shit like yeah it teaches you to pick your battles teaches you how to speak to different kinds of people like you hear a thousand and one good stories yeah. from a thousand and one different people you see crazy stuff like it's a really good space to like generate ideas from and is there are there any is there anything you would recommend for our listeners to go and see or watch or listen to or ignore uh, me go and google me no live okay, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, i don't know what am i listening to at the moment uh i will always say go and check out some grime it's the best go and listen to some skepta it'll blow your mind he's a genius go and listen to some soul williams he's great i don't know like i kind of find myself more and more not uh reading and, and writing i don't know i find it really hard to be reading and writing at the same time if yeah. that makes sense um like if i'm working on a piece of like poetry that i'm going to perform i can't watch any like spoken word stuff online because it just bugs me out yeah. so i don't know i guess like i i just spend all my time watching grime music videos <laughs> because they are the best watch the all stars remix by skepta it's the best thing you'll ever yeah. see okay <laughs> um Yes, that, cheers, thank you. That's all cool. the questions. That's, oh, uh, wicked, I've got we did it. Left for you. <laughs> I'm empty, I'm spent. You've destroyed me. Like That's Pedro. Well, yeah. not like Pedro. No. He was completely fucked, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm at least walking out of the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, we usually take this opportunity to, if you want to mention any blogs or Twitter accounts or. Uh, oh, right, yeah. Shit. On uh, Twitter, Live Winter. Yeah, at Live Winter, W Y N T E R. I will say, all the everything you mentioned now will be in the link in the oh, description sick. of the video on YouTube or whatever. Okay, right. it'll, be, it'll be somewhere. So, I will so also you, say, like, definitely watch Me versus Pedro because it will make your day. Yeah, so if you follow Live yeah. on Twitter and Silence. Found tongue at silent underscore tongue because we'll post that video as well. Because hopefully by the time this goes out, that will be on that will hopefully anyway. be out. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. Neither of us are sure about the yeah. date on that. Also, I wanted to say because um, in your uh, poem outward, you reference Tito Sale, don't you? Yeah. And what's the what's the um, uh, just article to, called again? Um, Hita Sale uh, in defence of the poor image yeah, and, and it's, it's a great article. Amazing. Really yeah, yeah. It? It's um, about the de- degradation and undervaluing of images and yeah. as things become more digitalized and widely spread yeah uh, images online become degraded yeah but our own image becomes yeah and it's uh, really important it's in, in reference yeah, yeah. to like as as poets like how we document ourselves every yeah, time we video yeah. ourselves it's getting further and further from the source yeah, that's so yeah, yeah. like read it it's yeah, really it's, good <laughs> yeah it's really fascinating i'm really glad that um uh, you actually when you sent me the poems you actually Gave me, yeah. told me the name of the, of the writer because I wouldn't necessarily have looked that up but um, so there'll be a link to that somewhere as well but her Let's name is it. Hito 
H-I-T-O-S-T-E-Y-E-R-L. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> in, in defense of the poor image or something yeah. like that. But it's... Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you, Liv. That Thanks. Was great. Um, yeah, and follow her on Twitter and then you can find out where she's performing and yeah. stuff. And uh, 